0: For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com.
1: Welcome to the Missouri Woods and Water Podcast with your hosts, Nate and Micah. Dude, you talk faster in that little section than you do ever. Yeah, I guess it's because I just know what I'm going to say. Welcome to the Missouri Woods and Water Podcast. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. Now. Let's get going. Uh, Tales of the Chase, this go-around. We have not had
2: one for a while. Yeah, We'll, Tory hey Tory yeah.
1: Cook, Tory Cook. This is for you, brother. Yeah, this is for you, man. Oh, you love these. I, I was just thinking about that. We need to be, get him on oh, and talk about be, some of needs his he to be deal. ready for a phone call. Yeah. For sure. So we really enjoy these type of shows. It's just getting a a good old boy on here just to talk about hunting and uh story. Well, this one's like really unique and special. Yeah. Uh this guy kills an absolute giant giant white tail here in the state of Missouri and it's still in velvet in November. So Yeah. We get we get into it uh, of whatever what all happens, but it, a lot of history with it. Uh, Brian Johnson, he's the name. So uh, it, yeah, pretty cool stuff. Yeah, Brian. Uh, we've actually known about this since well,
2: shortly after he killed a uh, killed the deer. Um, friend of our show, which we mentioned in the recording, Lee uh, messaged us on Instagram and like, dude, you got to talk to this guy. Or I don't even know if he actually said you got to talk to this guy. I should go back and read it. But I think I might even asked do you think he'd want to say that talk about it and he gave contact information and Brian and I talked months ago and you know we the shows just busy and we kind of i'm like man I don't know if this will work he doesn't have good internet this right. and that and then it turned out we didn't have good internet in the show and, <laughs> and so then, we had to do it a little different come to find out that's what I get for you know judging because <laughs> yeah, yeah. then then god's like watch this I'm not going to give you your internet for the next yeah. hour so we had to kick it old school and do it over the phone did the phone uh, and it worked out pretty well so uh, thanks first off for coming on Brian and also uh, pivoting with us as we had to because you know he was a little bit like he nervous about what he needed to do. He even went to his son's house so he could get good internet and you know take care of us. And then we didn't even right. use Zoom. Yeah, but uh, it was a it did it. He did a great job and it's an awesome story of a buck named Fuzzy. Fuzzy. Which is another buck with a nickname.
1: Yeah, make sure you guys go on the socials and look at the picture of this Holy thing. Holy shit. It's yeah. just amazing. You're
2: not going to understand this buck unless you see photos. Yeah, you got And in it. fact, check this out, Micah. You remember how he was saying, uh, "You look at these side pictures. Okay, yeah. You Look you at miss that. A bunch His of front stuff. picture looks awesome, but then look at the sides. That's crazy. Yeah. Deer is just crazy, man. Um, so it's an awesome story. Let's hop into our sponsors before we uh, get into it real quick. Uh, first off, we've got Weber Outfitters. You and I and my Andy are going to be going to Weber in the beginning of June. Yeah, next week or is that the week
1: after? Week after next. Week after next. So looking forward to that, man. So if you guys are in the area or if you're traveling through, go check out Weber Outfitters out of Hawk Point. Hawk Point. Hawk Point. Point. Real close
2: to St. Louis, I believe, ain't
3: it? (laughs)
1: Also, um, to our buddy
2: Adam and Josh there, um. You two guys are
1: crazy. I just I so, just want to say this. Okay? So we, ha- we have a text thread we going on. We have a group on, text with us. And they seem to think that St. Louis Barbecue actually deserves to be at the same table as, as Kansas, Kansas City, City barbecue. barbecue. And I- they're the only two people in
2: this world that think St. Louis Barbecue <laughs> is worth... Being in the same house, right. As Kansas City barbecue, right? I mean, it just Texas barbecue is laughing at you right now, Josh. <laughs> That's all I want to say. Okay,
1: Texas <laughs> laughing. Which I like Texas barbecue. So do I. Yeah, Texas barbecue, good barbecue. So do I. But when somebody says barbecue, nobody's thinking about St. Louis, bud, except <laughs> for the name of the ribs. <laughs> yeah, you ha- you have your own cut style ribs. I'll give you that. But you can't cook them with a shit. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we kid, we kid. We <laughs> yeah, kid. we're just messing. I'll go to Sugar Fire. Is that's that the where, only place I know that's okay I, there. Me and Amy went somewhere. We went there on a little vacation one time, and we went to some barbecue joint. And there was a big line, a lot of people there. Barbecue, was it was it was fine. You know, it's good. Yeah. We just like giving each they other They just don't crap. have enough, you know. Right. But – uh now, do they expect us to bring some barbecue? I, I don't know. They, <laughs> might, they might consider moving
2: that's if a that's a jack the case. Stack. That's true. <laughs> yeah. uh, so anyway, Weber Outfitters, check them out, WeberOutfitters.com. OnX, um, hop on OnX Maps and download the uh, app today. Um, I still haven't got on it yet, but I'm going to be on the computer, you know, using all their features. Right. Well, uh, you that's got, what I love you about, it. Yeah. Well, about you got the Wyoming trip to think about. Well, and you've got the app. Right. But then you can get online and really get in detail if you really want to as well. For sure. um, Check them out on xmaps.com. Camo Fire. I almost got on there this morning, but I was in a hurry. Yeah. You need to kind of come up with a list of things you might need. So definitely. Yeah. Yeah, Camo Fire and sister company. Black Ovis. Black Ovis. uh, I definitely need to figure out what I need.
1: Russell and I need to figure out when we're going first right you kind of need to come up with the time frame yeah. because the benefit of that tag is you pretty much have all season you have all season you have all season yeah. so you know yeah. something to think about yeah. uh, but one thing you definitely covered on is your huntworth gear you i am you got your nice camo set, covered proud of you got your camo covered so yeah, huntworth uh, gear huntworthgear.com um
2: I, I should be good no matter what on that stuff you know early season if it gets a little chilly
1: yeah, it dep- depending on when you go. Yep. That's one thing you need to check, though, also, is uh, I don't know what type of temps you're going to be dealing with, That depending on what time of year, but yeah. I, I would assume it'd be different than Colorado, what we're used to. Well, I mean, we're going to be in southern Wyoming, I think, oh, so, so it's we'll be... going to be too far from Colorado. Yeah, but okay.
2: Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, we'll have to look at to it, into it, yeah. but, yeah, check them out, Huntworth With Gear. Um, they've always got some good sales going on, and hop on our website, MissouriWoodsAndWater.com, for the discount code and link, too. Yep. Uh, another thing I'm covered on is boots, man, Zamberland boots, uh, Zamberland USA. You're wearing them right
1: now, and I just got mine yesterday, the Anabasis. Yeah, Anabasis, what are they, 219? 219, that's yeah. 219. Well, mine's 219. Mine's okay, mine are, yeah, mine are the shorts, and I mean, they're my new tennis shoe. They're going so, to Wyoming with me. Yeah, so Here's what I like about them. They're not
2: like as hardcore boot as like, let's say, the Lynx right. or the Leopard is really a boot. They're like a hiking, you know. But they're they're Gore-Tex, uh-huh. and they're half the weight. There's oh yeah, my links. Yeah,
1: these things. I mean, like I said, I have the shorts compared to you having the mids, mm-hmm. and I mean they're just like any other tennis shoe. As far to, as they're going to Wyoming maybe. for
2: sure, man. Yeah. Heck yeah. Um, so, so check them out, Zamberland USA. Uh, reveal Cell Cam, Reveal by Tacticam. Heck yeah, we've been getting pictures, get pictures every day. Did you see my post the morning, this I morning? I did,
1: man. You switched to the video. I need a, I'm going to wait later in the season. I just wanted um, to do it, right? Because like
2: see. in the post, I've never in my life had any of my trail cameras set to video just because I don't want to take up the SD cards or the uh, the memory so I've never done it and right. this time I did it I'm like that's so cool to watch a you know deer chewing on stuff For so sure. check them out reveal cameras Habitat works get with our buddy Dustin we're probably going to be doing a show soon with him about summer fire uh, but mention us when you call get 15% off any service 816-752-7390 Athlon Optics ridiculous God, yeah that thing ridiculous
1: <laughs> ridiculous it's ridiculous that i can't say ridiculously need to start thinking about a uh, spotting scope that's probably a good point need to get with our our buddy drake for, for there. sure
2: athlonoptics.com find a dealer near you uh is that everybody alps alps outdoors sorry i missed one
1: yeah i'm gonna be taking the alps the elite pack yeah that's I'm, what i have ex- out there. I need to get mine on and start walking with it just to get comfortable and, mm-hmm. you know, get my legs in, in shape for our upcoming. Hopefully. we haven't. Uh, hopefully, hopefully yeah. yeah. We haven't gotten our draw results. Hopefully, by the time this show comes out, that uh, draw so draw results will be in and we'll be able to come up with a game plan of what we're doing. So, yep. I think that's everybody. Uh, alpsoutdoors.com.
2: Make sure you check out our website, Missouri Woods and Water. Yep, we're going to be putting our gear list up there. Have you been working on yours?
1: No, I haven't. I forgot how to yeah. do it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but go, go again. if anything go there uh you'll get all the discount codes that we have for all the sponsors that we mentioned so definitely go check it out all right thanks for listening let's get into our tales of the chase
2: episode on a buck named fuzzy with brian johnson let's do it this is the missouri woods and water podcast
1: all right with us today First Tales of the Chase we've done in a while. I know, we need to get back on them, but uh, yeah. this is a good one to get started up again. We've got our new
2: friend, Brian Johnson from Southeast Missouri. Brian, what's going on, bud? Not much, guys. Good to talk to you. You too, man. You too. Uh, Brian's first um, podcast, podcast, and it
1: uh, hasn't went well for him. <laughs> it's been a shit show so far. <laughs> we've had internet issues and phone issues, and hopefully we got it figured out where... Uh, we can get a good show going. Yeah,
2: my internet company is about to lose themselves a customer. The problem is they're the only option. Right, yeah. <laughs> but, yep. man, they, they love dropping internet on me about the worst times. So uh, I'm about done with them. But So we've had right. to uh, end our Zoom call with Brian, and we've had to make a phone call, and that didn't work, and then I switched cords, and now I'm holding this cord in my hand so it doesn't move. <laughs> but it's working. <laughs> Uh before we get into this awesome show, Brian, why don't you introduce yourself? Uh tell us who you are, where you're from, and what is your favorite thing about growing
3: up in the Missouri outdoors? Sure, yeah. It's Brian Johnson. I'm in uh, southeast Missouri. Work in a paper mill, uh, do some farming, make turkey calls and hunt every chance I get. Uh life gets pretty busy, but I like it that way. I uh I've got a daughter and twin sons and two grandsons so actually uh gonna take one of the grandsons camping this weekend so pretty excited about that and be his first time out as three-year-old so oh nice uh
1: yeah so
3: yeah. what's uh what's your favorite thing about missouri oh i think it offers a little bit of everything and uh, i don't know i do a lot of traveling to hunt but I always come home right yeah yeah, you were just in Nebraska hunting turkeys, weren't you? I was. I uh, hunted, uh, of course, Missouri, and then I uh, went to Kansas early season, and then Nebraska late season. Yes, uh, had, a, had a good year. What's
1: What's your favorite thing to hunt? Are you turkey? Were you one of those diehard turkey guys, or do you prefer I am,
3: the white tail? I am diehard turkey. Um, <laughs> if I <laughs> if I had to give something up, I guess it would be a deer. But I, I spend more time deer hunting. I bow hunt a lot. Um, rifle hunt some it doesn't doesn't excite me near as much as the archery hunting but uh, yeah to go to Kansas every year until uh, I guess three years ago they started uh, selling out on tags so yep now I think it's going to become pretty much every other year but I've been going out there every year for I don't know 15 years or so uh, I mean walk in and got a few private farmers that let us go but you know they let everybody else go too so uh, but you know it's it's fun and we've killed some nice deer out there so
1: yeah that's one thing we haven't gotten into yet as far as and we should have been doing it for a long time now but going next door over to kansas and trying to get on some of those whitetails i guess it's just i don't know yes. get too busy with other things and trying to get it done but around here the old, the old adage why leave deer to find deer right yeah, yeah you know. that's
3: and the, the the problem is the first two weeks of november's only two weeks so you can only do so much <laughs> right it, you know you'd you'd like to have two or three states but take some time to get a get a big one found and killed so
1: yeah yep. and for me that's when i start getting busy at work so i'm kind of limited you know uh, once mm-hmm. that time change i'm i'm pretty much stuck to the weekends just because work gets busy and don't get done sure. till it's dark so that's yeah. another thing but enough complaining i was <laughs> going to attempt kansas this year and i didn't i didn't get didn't put get drawn. In, in time oh you didn't put it in okay. yeah so
3: yeah they should be dropping the draw the draws here uh, any day now i know the uh the tag hit my credit card but they said that's not a that doesn't mean you got drawn and the permit's not showing up on my app yet so but i would i would think any day now i'll find out if i get drawn this year i did not last year so
1: yeah that's 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 exciting we're we're still waiting on colorado to figure out if we got drawn there and then but nathan he found out i don't know a week or two week or so ago that yeah. he got drawn for wyoming so he's going to be going up to wyoming this year for
3: some oh, elk hunting. Awesome. yeah, yeah. So
1: pretty exciting stuff there
3: for sure
2: yep definitely well we ain't talking about elk today we're talking about a badass missouri deer <laughs> and when i mean badass uh first brian i hope you're okay with this we want to give a shout out to a friend of the show uh, lee sure lee told us about this thing and when he sent me the picture, I said, holy shit, we've got to talk to this guy. <laughs> um, the, the people listening will see the picture, obviously, but um, this buck ended up scoring, what would you say, 218 inches or something?
3: Uh, 218 is what they were uh, grossed him, rough grossed him at, at, the, uh, at the taxidermist, yeah. Um, I've never had him, like, officially scored, or I guess nobody's really other. Other than that guy that day, yeah, has put a tape on him. Uh, So, you know, I got nothing official, but yeah,
2: that's what in and of itself, a 218 inch deer is badass, and gross is all I care about because nets are for fish. Um, but what makes this buck even crazier is he's in full velvet, and you killed this buck on what day?
3: Uh, I think it was November 12th.
2: Oh, wow, yeah,
3: yep, full velvet buck. Now we'll Go get velvet. into
2: we'll get into the whole story of this buck in a second, but that's what's so cool is it's a giant and in velvet. You just don't see that very often. No, you no. know. Um, so uh, let's before we get into the the the, the actual hunt, you know, because you you've known this deer for several years from the discussion you and I had. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about the property that you're hunting him on first. Kind of paint okay. a picture to the listener about you know what this property lays out like um, how you kind of hunt it so that as we're telling these stories, they can kind of picture what, what you had going on.
3: Sure. Yeah. It's a, um, it's 250 acres. It's 200 acres across the road. It's a, it's the farm that I live on. And, um, uh, and the 200 acres across the road is probably 60, 40, uh, 60% timber, 40% cleared uh, a couple small cow pastures but the rest of the cleared land is corn and soybeans down in the bottoms there's two I'll call them dry creeks Uh, it doesn't take much rain they get they get up pretty good but um, and they come together actually on our farm and then merge into one and go and continue on and um, I guess on the far back the east end of this 200 acres there's a 40 acre square of timber and it was clear-cut probably in the 80s i think and it was been a jungle for quite a while and it's finally starting to open up and i went in the center of it and put me a one acre food plot with a dozer and been been pretty religious about getting uh having plots in there and and uh, it's it's been real great but just because there's pretty good deer numbers right there and, and it's back secluded in the middle of the woods and Try to hunt it smart and, and been, been productive. So
1: how, how long have you had uh, permission or owned, whichever the case may be, how long you've been hunting this property?
3: Oh, all, all my life, I guess. Okay. Since I was, we, I think we bought it in, I don't even know, late eighties.
1: Okay. So y'all had
3: it quite a while then. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. 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 Sweet. yeah. And, Actually, and, uh... you know, oddly enough back then, uh, you might see a deer or two just farming, you know, uh, checking cows, working ground, doing whatever, and uh, now they're everywhere. So our our deer numbers are triple what they was just 10 years ago.
2: My father-in-law said the same thing. I think my father-in-law and you are close to similar ages. Uh, I think he's a little older, but Mm -hmm. he said, you know, growing up when he was a kid, it was a big deal to see a deer. Mm -hmm. And now we're talking about, you know, like passing on three-and-a-half-year-olds and you know holding out for a 160 or whatever and he's like i just can't understand any of that
3: right because yeah times have really really changed i mean hell you i can remember going days without seeing a deer i mean that wasn't uncommon yeah and if you've seen one and wanted one you better shoot it you know uh but now like i said the the our bucks have gotten much better just because we've got more deer and and a lot of the older generations that just wanted to shoot a buck or a deer, they, you know, they've uh, now we got kind of a different mindset with our hunters and a lot of people are passing the younger bucks. And, you know, there was, there was a time not that long ago that 125 inch deer, if somebody killed that around close to home, everybody knew about it, you know? Right. And uh, now that number's high, considerably higher now. So,
2: yeah. I mean, for all, for all the things I kind of disagree on some of the stuff they do mdc definitely you know and the people that really put their heads down back in the day to work on our deer population they did something right because i mean the herd i think we've got one of the largest deer herds in america
3: in the state of missouri right yeah they're right where i'm at there's there's too many i mean the crop damage is is pretty bad and Hell, I'd trade half of them for turkeys. So turkey numbers are turkey numbers are down, and deer numbers are up. You stop that shit right now! Uh, Yeah, (laughs) talking (laughs) crazy. You just you just
1: need to go on a good turkey hunt. Maybe that might be true. It sounds
2: like it. Um, Okay, so you know that's the property that you're hunting. Uh, You have the the great advantage of living where you hunt that's nice because yes you can uh you can you know don't have that drive to, to your hunting property that's always great but this deer in particular how did you first get to know him in fact I think you told me the story when you and I talked last week you were standing in the middle of that food plot planting
3: weren't you uh I was I was actually mowing that food plot it's got clover in it right now and I was mowing it when you called me yeah
2: yeah that's pretty awesome so yeah. how, how did this whole s- First
3: off, does the buck have a nickname? He does. Uh, really, really unique, right? Uh, we called him Fuzzy. Fuzzy, That's a good That's one. Funny. That's a good nickname. <laughs> he didn't really earn a nickname until he got big enough, you know, and by that time he was Fuzzy, so that that just kind of stuck. Um, You're just losing yeah.
2: this b- battle, Micah. That's all I I'm guess. saying.
1: I guess I'll just start naming just my deer or something. I don't so, <laughs> know.
2: Brian, I don't know how much you know about us or not, but uh, yeah. I am a huge fan of nicknaming deer, and Micah thinks it's dumb.
3: Right, right. And so
2: anytime we get a chance to talk to somebody, that's one of the questions I like to ask because I almost always win.
3: Right. Yeah, well, you know, when you talk about a deer, as much as I talked about this deer, you, you, he almost has to have a name. That's my my point exactly. It makes, well done. I mean, this, this thing, over the course of six years, now the first three not so much, but the last three, I mean, every friend and family member I talked to, no matter what it was for or about, before we got off the phone or they left or whatever, um, that deer came up, you know, Hey, you been getting any pictures, you know, been seeing him. Right. You know, so
2: So what I'm trying to get at is Micah, can I get a firm yes from you that you will nickname deer this year? It's still up in the air, bud. We'll see. (laughs) We'll see
1: if any deer show up first and then we'll go from there. If that
2: deer you and I had come out shows up again. I'll. You, have got, to, you got I'll, a nickname I'll nickname him. him for sure. I already got a name for him. <laughs> all right. Um, okay. So, talk about the first year you saw this deer and kind of how this all started.
3: Sure. So the um, first year I got this deer on camera was uh, 2017, and I had him at two and a half or three and a half years old. And the more I look at the picture, I think he. I was stuck on he was two and a half because of his rack. But now I think he may have been three and a half. But he was a um, slick eight. He had a unique his beams on the end swooped up, real unique. Um, just a beautiful deer, but wasn't wasn't big enough. I honestly don't know why I kept a picture of him. Uh, other than I thought, man, if he makes it, you know, next year he's going to be pretty, pretty damn nice. And and uh, but I did. I kept a picture of him, and uh, that was you know, ain't much to say about seventeen. Well eighteen rolls around and I had him at three and a half. Well sure enough he shows back up and he is a a, a nice eight pointer for this part of the world. He's a you know I hate to guess scores, but he's pushing one forty maybe. Okay. And had him pretty regular early on camera at the food plot and then uh Twenty rolls around and he turns into an eight point that dreams are made of i mean he's just giant he's got times that just skyrocket he's just slick and perfect and he's a deer nobody can pass at this point well those three years all three years i would have him until about the fifth or the tenth of september and he would disappear
1: Oh, so he would he would bow out early. Yeah, he'd summer yes. some, on but, you and
3: then yeah, move out. Prior, that's right. Prior to even archery season opening up, he would leave, and uh, you know I, I see that happen quite often. These deer relocate. I lose some, and I and I pick some up, you know, but uh, from the neighbors or whatever. But he would leave, and I wouldn't I wouldn't see him again until the next spring or the next summer. You know when they started growing again. I mean, he, he didn't even come back. You'd think he'd come back to the ag fields, you know, back in, you know, late season, but I wasn't even getting that. So he was pretty much like a ghost and, and uh, don't know where he went or where he stayed or what he did. But uh, in 21, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah. 19, think, uh, 18. Yeah, not, 19, 19 was yep. when he was the big eight. I goofed that up. 20 is, is, is when he, was stayed in velvet for Look, the first can time.
2: i can i stop in 2019 and ask you a question Sure. so he he, he bowed out you know before season basically started yes did you right. hear about him anywhere else like no was was he so was it no was no it neighbors? possible that he stayed on you that and you didn't know or did you he,
3: have that place pretty well covered that you'd have known I, if he was there i had it what i thought was pretty covered i had several cameras running um A few and just places i never went to and never moved that i would get him and uh, i had a few other cameras that i jockeyed around trying to get different deer and just never could get them so i mean it's possible because there's enough acreage there but there's also neighboring properties with uh, better cover and but you know they all get hunted good and you know every year i i assumed well he probably got poked in Firearm season, you know, but then he'd show back up the next summer. So I don't know. He had a good hiding spot, but I mm. still don't know where it was.
1: <laughs> That's interesting.
2: It's amazing
3: yeah. how deer yeah. can
1: just disappear like that.
3: It is. And yeah.
1: Aggravating. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it, it's very irritating. But you would think a yeah. neighbor or something. If it's you know one of those unique deer, you you would think that somebody would yeah. see something at some point.
3: Yeah. And 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 at that point, he was he when he was still hard horn, shedding his rack, doing yeah. all that. Um, he was big enough that I thought, well, you know, if the right person that owned 40 acres, three miles from here, from out of town, killed him, I wouldn't hear about it, you know. But once he got, you know, once we get further in the story and he got big, like real big, I mean, I, I felt like I would have heard about it, you know, if he would have got killed. And I, every every firearm season, I just assumed that, you know, somebody was going to kill his deer because there's a lot of of uh, gun pressure there, you know, everybody everybody gun hunts so mm-hmm. and there's no no land around me that's not getting hunted so but he would he would really be hitting this on on camera it's not like i would just really having nailed down or anything even those even those earlier three years and then of course uh 20 comes around and i got him at five and a half and he may have been six and a half and uh he's a giant eight and i mean bigger than last year he's got a G2 that I'm guessing was 15 inches. Uh, he developed a drop tine on one side, a little sticker somewhere else, but other than that, same characteristics, swooped up in main beams. And uh, I thought, man, this this is this is going to be the year. I mean, we got this is, we got to get serious about killing this deer. So we did. Me and my wife sheep sheep bow hunts a lot with me, and uh, she's real serious about it. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. So, and handy enough, right, right across the road from the house. So she can, especially early season, she can get home from work and hunt. Yeah. You know, there's enough daylight. So, but he, uh, he really blew up. Well, uh, you know, velvet shedding season. I just assumed, well, hell, he's gonna, he's gonna disappear again. You know? Well, he didn't and he didn't lose his velvet and he kept it and kept it and kept it and I, I couldn't figure out what was going on. And he, he wasn't leaving either, but I was getting all nighttime pictures and you know, you know, the drill, you yeah. know, he's, these older deer, uh, occasional, occasional daylight picture, not much. So I was pretty stuck on hunting him in 20. So, um, never laid eyes on him. Actually, my wife did see him in, um, yeah, Sarah seen him in muzzleloader season, and uh, she said he was just like he had a sixth sense. He uh, he come up to a fence. She had three does right in front of her feed, and then he come up to a fence and was going to jump the fence and go out there with them. And he stood there for like five or ten minutes, just looking around, and just finally turned around and slipped back into the timber. You know, and the wind was right and everything, and he just he just didn't like it. So, and to my knowledge, she's the only person that's seen him that year. Um, I never laid eyes on him and then, uh, see 21 rolls around and I got him at six and a half or seven and a half. And, and he, he starts blowing up and he, and I didn't know what was going on. We'll get to that in a minute, but right. his mat, his mass on his beams was just getting crazy. Phenomenal. <laughs> yes. And he blew up into 15 points and still had time length like crazy and. Couple, I think he had two or two or three drops. I don't even remember. And honestly, I think that was his biggest. I think uh, he he probably would have outscored what he does today. But and that, that was that dead. was in
2: 2021, so the year before right. you killed him. Okay, exactly. Yeah,
3: and and maybe not because he did gain some mass, but but he did lose time length. But so so 21, I really started keeping track of, hey, when I'm getting pictures of this deer in daylight, which wasn't hard to do because it wasn't very many times, and um, moving cameras and getting getting real serious about it. And I'm being real cautious with the wind where I'm, where I'm hunting and when I'm hunting and trying to hunt the fronts and, you know, doing all the simple, easy things or the right things and not over hunting it. And one, let's see, I think it was in December, one evening, I was in a, I've got a couple hang-ons on this small food plot and I've got a, there's a shooting house there as well. And, um, I, I kind of despise hunting out of it quite honestly, because I feel like I can't see shit. I'm the and I'm same always, way, man. I'm trying to, I've got these blind corners and I'm thinking I'm missing something and then I hear something and I can't tell what direction it is. And, um, but that being said, they're effective, you know, they're, they're great for scent control and they're great for hiding and, so anyway, I, I've got to be in this thing because of the wind I had. So, so I'm, so I'm in there and the food plots, there's a nice cold front in December and the deer are piling in this food plot. And I'm thinking this, this is going to be maybe the evening, you know, that he's going to show. And, and, uh, this, this few small bucks and a bunch of does were out there and I had, uh, turnips and radishes out there and, and they was just ripping them, you know, and, and this, this, big deer he's um, he actually run all summer with uh, with fuzzy and this big deer pops out at 20 yards and he's got he's only got one eye and I've, I've had several years of history with this deer as well and they they always spend the summer together and then once the rut hits, well you know fuzzy's got no interest in the rut and the other deer peels off and does his thing. Well, anyway, this deer walks out, and, and I'm thinking, you know, I don't even think about shooting this deer, which I've kind of just committed my tag to this, this deer or nothing. I'm thinking, well, maybe they've gotten back together, and maybe he's going to pop out, you know. So I'm waiting and waiting, and, and finally, bigger than shit, he, he steps out. And by now, it's 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 last light, you know. It's And I'm in this damn blind, well, Hell, he steps out at 20 yards. I draw my bow, lean over to the window, and I can't see nothing. It's <laughs> inside of that thing was so dark. So much darker, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. If I'd have been in a, a hang on on the edge, you know, I could have zipped him maybe. But um, anyway, he, he he turns and then I let my bow down. And I'm like, I'm not going to get this done. And he turns and walks straight toward me, he probably got 15 yards from that little hut. And he turned and went past another window, which was. Uh, Actually, better for me. And I drew again on him. I ended up drawing three times on the deer, and never, never could feel good about letting it, letting it go. So I didn't. And then I was stuck. You know. And then it gets darker and dark. It's pitch dark now. And I can all I can do here here is the uh, deer walking around the frozen ground. And I got my phone laying on the floor upside down, and it starts buzzing. And I know it's Sarah. She's probably thinking I fell out of a tree or what. You know, why the hell hadn't she heard from me? And, I grab it, and I'm just going to try to look at it and text her and tell her, hey, bring the side-by-side and maybe chase these deer off with that instead of me popping out of this hut. And, and uh, you Hell, know, I turn it over, and it's like a damn, you know, landing strip. It lit the whole thing up. I was oh, like, yeah. this ain't going to work, you know? So I flipped it back over real quick. I'm like, I cannot scare this deer. I was like, I don't know how long I'm going to have to sit here. And finally, um, oddly enough, two bucks started fighting and I don't know if they were little ones or, or I don't know what they were. Right. You could it was, just like hear said, it. the fruit. Yeah. Yes. They was clanging and banging and, uh, they was getting with it. And man, deer started running and snorting and blowing and deer started running out of the food plot and running right past me. And, you know, I can't see my hand in front of my face and they're just bailing. They're, they're all getting out of there. And them deer fought. LA didn't fight maybe 30 seconds. And, and that ended. And then I sit there for like two minutes and I couldn't hear anything walking. And I'm like, I'm out of here. I grabbed my scooped up all my stuff and got out of there and i felt like i got out of there undetected you know but uh so anyway that was that was the only time i actually put eyes on that deer and before until the day i killed him but uh, that is it was, a uh... it was it was crazy because when he come out i mean that other deer is nice but when this deer come out and i think he was at his biggest that year but when he come out he he was real cautious, but when he would feed, he put his head down, and when he would pick it up and, and just swing it, it looked like – I mean, I can't even describe what it looked like on his head. I never, you know, never seen a deer like this. So it was um, amazing. That's
2: a true testament to um, self-control. Yeah. Because I can, I can almost bet you a large, large portion of hunters out there with that deer in front of them that close, they're going to try to squeeze that shot off, are going to try to like I, – I, I can I can do it I can do it I can do it, even though right. it wasn't the right you know obviously for you wasn't the right move, right. man I, I can just like I can even see myself talking myself into it be like he's right here it's <laughs> it's impossible to miss this you know blah 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 and then you end up banging the hitting the arrow on the side of the the window on the way out because it was a little dark for you or whatever you know all that right. stuff right. you know nothing illegal about it you're you're shooting during legal light but. Right, man. Those last couple minutes sometimes are difficult, and oh, uh,
3: it, it, yeah, it was it was it was something. And, and and oddly enough, I didn't get all shook up and everything. I was completely calm and uh, gathered all my stuff, and I started walking back to the side by side. And I was walking off the hill, and I was like, I just seen it. You know, what? It kind of sunk in as I was walking out, and I well, I got all excited. You know, I couldn't wait to get back and tell her I actually seen him, and feel like I'm getting close. You know, right.
1: <laughs> closing the gap
2: and yep. and that was
3: tw- and that was 22 that was 21. 21 21 excuse me 21 that was 21 December and 21 yeah so 20 22 rolls around and then I discover oh it was early it was I don't even know I'd have to look back but April probably um I get pictures of this deer and uh he's still got his main beams but all his tines have crumbled off crumbled Huh. That's, that's what I would describe it because the late season pictures I was getting of him in 21, they looked almost petrified. Like they were, I don't even know how to describe it, but they were strange looking and and a couple of the pictures I thought, well, that time shorter part of it's broken off or fell off. Well, anyway, I get him in April and he's got nothing but his beans. I was like, well, but he damn. still
2: has the beams. That's still, uh, the craziest. Still He Still, has, beam. still yeah.
3: has, still has the beams, and they're you know like a damn baseball bat, you know, and uh, so I watched him off and on, and he would go, he would, he would go on hiatuses. I, I don't know what he did, but you know, I might get him two out of four days, and then not get him for three weeks, and then the next time I got him it might be noon, you know, when it was a hundred degrees. It was, it was, he was getting a lot more sporadic. I, which I kept thinking that this deer, the older he gets, maybe he'd let his guard down a little bit. You know, you know, I've, I've heard that. I don't, never experienced it, but he, I just couldn't couldn't pin him down. when we get we get close to um, close to archery season, and oddly enough, in uh, 21, he was killable one time in September. Uh, had him in daylight in September once, and once in late December, and the funny thing was, in um, 20, the same thing, the dates were within a few days, I had him two different times, once in December, and once in September, and they were always cold fronts, you know, just when you think, man, I need to be out there, it was, uh, uh, but, you know, of course, I never was, you know, life gets busy, like we said earlier, so, but, uh, I mean, yeah. yeah, 20
1: yeah i don't get start getting excited for deer hunt until usually like october
3: yeah right yeah, i hear you well I, I, i'm running a lot of cameras if you've got the food i, I still say it's not as not near as a, uh exciting to hunt the first week of archery season but i think it can be and probably is the most productive if you've got a big deer that you can pattern but you know the rut of course is what everybody wants and me too i mean i love watching the chasing and, and all that but it's a whole lot easier for your buck to be three miles away. Yeah. You know, on somebody else's (laughs) land in front of their gun. Yep. Right. Yep. So yeah. So 22 comes along and and I'm playing cat and mouse with him and he's, he's he's pretty much doing the same, you know, he's hard to hard to pin down and I've not laid eyes on him and I've, I've, I've actually told Sarah, before gun season the week before uh i'd hunted illinois some and and uh was bouncing back and forth from missouri to illinois bow hunting had a few weeks off and and i said when firearm season gets here uh, i feel like i'm further away from killing this deer than i have been in three years and she's like well you, you know she's being a cheerleader you know telling me that i'm gonna do it and all this and well I finally decided right before firearm season, Hey, if I see, cause I'd passed some damn nice deer the last two years. And I told her, I said, I'm going to go in deeper than I've ever went in gun season, because I always played it really cautious in gun season. Cause the last thing I wanted to do was jumping, him. send him somewhere send, else. Yeah, push sure. Him out. You know, cause the woods are full of people and, and, uh, I thought, well, if he is laying back in there, let him lay. Uh, but I thought I'm going to be a little more aggressive and, uh, if i do see another big deer you know a big one i'm gonna shoot it and uh, so i go back in there actually opening opening day of firearm season it had been i don't know what it was like where you all were but uh cold the two and windy lead, well <laughs> the two weeks leading up to that when i was trying to bow hunt illinois missouri it was 75 80 degrees it was yep, terrible that's correct and that front come through, I guess it was Friday night before our Saturday opener. And we actually had a coating of snow. Yep. And it well, really we didn't, we didn't
2: have snow, but yeah, yeah I, it, I do remember that front. Yeah. It got cold yeah, we, and windy. windy. Yeah. I remember it yes. being in the tree when the cold front hit on that Thursday and thought, yeah, Oh, I'm so, going to kill something.
3: Right. Yep. Right. Well, it hit here, I guess that Friday or Friday night and and thought, man, things are going to be good. You know, maybe, maybe it's going to happen. So i like I said, I went in deeper that morning and, um uh, seen a a fair amount of deer and actually seen a deer that maybe i needed a little better look at but i thought i was going to shoot he was dogging a doe and he was way down through the timber and you know never would hold still i never got a good look and i guess it was fate i don't know but uh hunted that morning and went in for lunch and and uh, her and i went back that afternoon and i told her i said well you go back to where I sat this morning, somebody needs to be there because there's a good deer back in that corner. I'm sure they laid there all morning or all day. And she's like, no, you." you. she's been pushing for me to try to kill this big deer. You know, she's kind of laid back and hunted at the fringes. And, and uh, I said, okay, I'll go back in there, you know. So I dropped her off down by the creek, and she hunted a cornfield, um, cut cornfield. And I went back walked in behind the food plot and and uh, went back to the exact same place i sat that morning and uh, it was i wasn't seeing any deer and and like i said there was a pretty good skip of snow an inch or two and finally deer started moving and i seen this these two does way down in the timber and they were about where i had seen that buck that morning and i thought well he's he's gonna push them up here that was because they was coming straight toward me and I was watching them, and it was about as far as you could see through the woods, so I was really having to look with the binos. And, and uh, finally, they all of a sudden, they stopped, and, man, they threw their heads up, and they started looking and looking and looking. And I thought, well, there ain't no way in hell they see or smell me, but they've seen something, you know. And I'm looking at them and looking at them, and finally I decide, well, that one on the right, she's looking to my right. She's not looking directly at me. And I let my binoculars down and looked over, and there there stands a deer, and his body's, you know like a mule and he's all the way over on the other ridge from me but with the snow on it and everything i see, instantly see him and i eased around and pulled my binoculars up on him and as soon as i did all i seen was his left beam and i seen that velvet on there and i was like oh shit there he is
1: <laughs> yes it's
3: go time you know so i eased my binoculars down and and uh, pivoted and and got my rifle on him while well, he was standing in the absolute worst spot he his all his vitals were covered with brush and uh, he, he was standing there looking directly away from me he was looking up toward the food plot I don't know if he was going to go in it but he, that's the way he was facing I thought well this is he's looking directly away from me you know I got time well I'm I guess I'm in autopilot I don't know I don't remember much of this but I see his vitals are completely covered, and I just ease up on his neck with the scope, and there's a little softball sized hole, and I mean I just shot him. I didn't think, hey, let's let him take two steps. He had a nice hole there and I put one in him. He reared up straight like a like a horse and fell straight over backwards and jammed his rack into the ground don't break that shit (laughs) (laughs) yeah and i'm like well he just broke off half that shit he had yeah (laughs) and uh he's not even moving and and i'm like so i mean this all happened in a a few seconds and i'm like oh my god and i mean as as soon as that happened my phone started buzzing you know and i'm not even looking at that i'm watching this thing to make sure he's not going to try to get up because there's a pretty good poke over there and uh uh I sat there for, I don't know, it was seemed like a good little bit. Well, then he starts kicking. And his head, I guess he's got his tines stuck in the ground. And I'm like, well, he starts thrashing with his legs. And I'm like, well, now he's for sure going to break all his shit off. So mm-hmm. I threw my rifle up again, and I found, finally found a little bitty spot between his shoulder blades. He had a spine toward. So I put another one in him there, and then he just wilted, and, and that was it. And Anyway, I, I was like... You know, reality is sitting there. And I can't believe I killed this deer. And I grabbed my phone, and you know, she's already called me two or three times. She knew it was me and she knew if I shot, but it it's probably going to be a good one. High likelihood that yeah. It was him. yeah. And uh, uh so I thought, well, I, I need to, I'm going to walk over here before I, you know, get, make things around her control before I get on a damn phone. So I'll, I'll hike over there. And, there he is dead as could be horns stuck upside down in the ground. And I walked up on this deer and I'm like, I I think I was numb from looking at trail camera pictures of this deer for so many years that I didn't realize how big he was until I walked up on him. And it was like, yeah, he's, he's bigger than I thought. And uh, uh, what was that feeling? I mean, it was overwhelming. I mean, it was like, I don't, I don't even know how to describe it. You know, was there any
1: type of like, dang it, now it's over?
3: <laughs> there was, but there wasn't right then. Yeah. Um, so I, I looked, and she'd call me a time or three, whatever. I called her back, and she said, "Is that you that shot?" And I, I was like, "Yep." And she said, "What'd you, what'd you get?" And I said, "The story's over." Are you serious? She, I mean, she just went crazy, you know. And it, and it was still thirty minutes of light left, or, or better probably. Mm-hmm. And uh she said, I'm I'm where do you want me to come? I'm gonna come up there. She had the side to side and I was like, Well you can hunt till dark. No, hell no. <laughs> <laughs> and and she she I said, Well just drive up to the food plot and I'll meet you up there and we'll walk down in there and and uh it was it was crazy. She came up there and and she, you know, we didn't even know what to say to each other. It was just um uh, it was overwhelming. We uh and when we walked down to it, she was just in disbelief, you know, literally in tears. It's like can't believe how big this thing is. It looks fake, you know. And uh, it does.
2: Yeah, I mean, it, it kind of like you don't ever see a, a buck that size in velvet in velvet in <laughs> November, right? No, because exactly. you, you typically see deer that have you know velvet antlers are either does or bucks without nuts. Now we'll we'll talk about that in a second, but yeah. And they're never big, you know. They're never huge. I mean, right. there's been big ones. Like there was that one that there was that killed,
1: doe that was killed. Uh, but she was sick.
2: still not huge. Like right, you know, not it wasn't. It was inches. like
1: it looked real spindly.
2: Yeah. So, and yeah. you got this thing that looks like a world class deer coated in velvet in the middle of November. Right. You know. Yeah. It's it's yeah crazy. You don't see that ever. You know. No. Nope.
3: No, you don't. It's. Uh, but so, yeah, it was it was it was a few days, or so before it was like, you know, and this probably sounds dumb to a lot of people, but bittersweet. It was like that deer was such a big part of our lives that I, I couldn't even get excited about going and checking a trail camera, you know, because everything I did deer hunting related revolved around that deer for six years. years. Yeah, you know? five or so, six years. Uh, I mean, that's crazy. Is so yeah, it was, but you know yeah it was it was an awesome feeling walking up on him it was something
2: very few people have that long of a story with a deer you know i mean yeah. you knew Seven him years. sounds like for yeah. six years right. uh you know hunted for five at least mm-hmm. and you know i mean
1: then that's that's the story did, did you happen to get him aged
3: i did not i have his jaw i haven't sent it off or nothing but i would i wouldn't I feel pretty comfortable saying he was a minimum. He was at least six. Well, so he <laughs> we was know a, that <laughs> he was a minimum of seven. You're right, right? He was he was seven and a half, and maybe eight and a half. Is, is yeah, what I that think makes sense. It's an old
2: yeah. deer. It's an old deer.
3: Yeah.
2: So but, the year but yeah, that was, um, let's see here, so 2020 uh-huh. was the first year. And you tell me if I'm wrong here. That was the first year that he stuck around after september with you that's correct and was was the the first year year you noticed him stay in velvet that's correct so i wonder so i guess we'll get into this quick real quick what 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 did it up happen what did you find on him after the fact that you know probably contributed to him having velvet antlers for the last three years
3: right so i guess they call that like uh, crypt crypt orchard or something Is a condition where they don't produce the testosterone to that they needed to, to do all the rubbing and, and chasing does and all that. But, um, yeah, he, I assumed that at some point leading up to that year, he had ripped his nuts on a fence or gotten a fight or he, he had done some kind of damage downstairs. And, um, obviously the first thing I looked at was that, and he didn't even have a, a sack. But when I field dressed him, I did find he had two nuts and they were small, like super small, like uh, half as big as a marble. Hey, so, it's all right, buddy. I, <laughs> it's okay, buddy. <laughs> I don't, I haven't talked to anybody or, or I, you know, that's about all I can tell you. I don't know. Yeah. I didn't see a scar. I didn't see anything like that. Well, in the the year the three years prior to that, he was hard-horned.
2: Hard-horned. And, and lost those ears. Yeah. Yep. So I wonder, this is just my thinking, just because it it's interesting to me, the first year that he was in velvet was also the first year he stayed on you. Uh-huh. I'm wondering if he got injured after he left, like you were saying, ripped his nuts somewhere or something happened yep. to him, after he left, and once he came back, he's like, well, I'm not going back there, you know, yeah. damn near died right. or whatever happened to me, yep. and that's what – caused him to stay on you for the last three years because it sounded like he pretty much stayed on you after that
3: uh Um, me and some neighbors yeah but i don't think he went far you Uh, know kept shrunk his area i guess is what I. that's right it it did shrink i I had to shrink yes and uh
2: no pun intended (laughs) and (laughs) you know almost like almost did you a solid because his antler kept his antlers kept doing what they were doing
1: they just I, i find it interesting that like uh when other deer shedding their antlers that his were like decaying and crumbling it seemed like yes so that's that's something i've
3: never i've never heard of that but he would like i said he would keep his beams now i can't say for sure but i'm pretty sure all three years he kept his beams but i know he did the last year
2: yeah and then he just kept like growing beams on beams it almost yeah, yeah
3: his mass just got bigger you know and uh and he'd shoot tines up everywhere you know i think he had like maybe five drop times or something like that. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah, for sure. And he, yeah, he was, I don't know. He, uh, if that had, you know, it's a puzzle that I guess will never get put together, but you know, between the testosterone deal, he would run with bucks, uh, all summer long and act like a regular buck through the summer, hang out with bucks. Like I said, he hung out with that one idea the last couple of years through the summer, and then when the rut would start kicking, you know that deer would take off, and and uh, and then I always thought, you know, well, when that buck leaves him, he'll he'll maybe he'll take up with the doe family, you know, and get killable. But you know, he stayed completely by himself.
1: He was a true eunuch. Yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah.
3: you know what I'm saying.
1: So he probably just yeah. literally ate and slept and you know moseyed around.
3: That's it. He uh, didn't have any other interest. That's, That's interesting, man. I mean, it's
1: fascinating. And
2: it's, 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 I've never heard a story like that one where it happened halfway through their life. It's usually like, well, this buck never had nuts, you know, his nuts never dropped or whatever happened. Right. But this one was when the deer was, uh, what, let's see, five, probably somewhere in there. Then something changed and he either got hurt or Something 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 didn't go right. And all of a sudden this deer goes from normal quote-unquote to freaky but you don't ever hear about it going freaky to the point where it's 218 inches right now you hear about it well yeah he lost his nuts and now he doesn't do anything he's got little fuzzy balls that sit on top of his head every once in a while and then they fall off right by september 20th you know right. and just nothing happens this deer continued growing his rack almost seemed like his natural progression continued happening but it just happened in a different manner than any of us are used to hearing
3: yeah yeah definitely definitely unique
2: and uh you're in a cwd zone correct so you had to take him in to get uh whatever happens they take Tested. a sample yes, yes
1: and you were saying uh you did they well when when i showed when i killed my buck uh, in 2018 they gave me the option to be like hey are you going to get this mounted uh, i told them yes and so they didn't actually end up doing the test did you right. have that option in your yes. area okay
3: yeah same
2: way okay and you said you yeah. drove in there and you kind of stopped the line there i mean because
3: oh it was it, you turned into a madhouse yeah the the line we pulled in and it was actually moving uh, a little bit and and uh, we got up there and people started noticing that deer and before you know what the tailgate's down and everything comes to a a halt. <laughs> yeah, we screwed the line up pretty bad, but uh, yeah, it was a lot of pictures taken. Hell, before we even got out of the parking lot, we was getting pictures from pictures from people from we didn't even know that. Hey, is this your truck? And it was it was nuts. Yeah, that's crazy.
2: What um, how nervous were you to handle him?
3: You know, it it not terribly because it's the velvet on it is looked a lot different to me this past year when I killed him, it looked, it's not beautiful velvet. It's its more matty. It almost looks like it's already been handled, if that makes sense. The year before, the two years before that, it was real like early season, beautiful velvet, just really sticking out. And his beams are, I don't know, they're kind of just gnarly and matty looking. Um, but now his tines are, are, I was a little cautious about it, you know. I mean, we didn't just like, fondling nonstop, and a lot of most people of course would ask you know hey you care if i touch it but uh yeah we we uh we made a night out of that one i think didn't get much sleep
1: i know i mean i'm looking at the picture right now that you texted me just the mass on that thing is just ridiculous it's his at the base they're almost both antlers are almost touching each other in the middle of his forehead yeah the mass is so big it's ridiculous
3: you can't put two fingers between them yeah
1: i like how do you even measure that deer
3: yeah, I, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, that's good,
2: that's so difficult.
3: Good question. They, uh, I know that night on a tailgate, I've not put a tape on him of any kind or messed with it, but um, somebody threw a tape measure around the burrs, now not where you would score him, but down on the burrs, and I right. they said they're 12-plus inches. Oh, so. I could believe every oh, bit geez. of that. And look at those things. <laughs> I
1: know. It almost comes down to his eyeballs. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy, man. That was just cool. Such a freaking beast of a deer. <laughs> so, what? I mean, what – so that was
2: last season. Like, what what are you doing this year?
1: Yeah. what? what how do you top that one?
3: <laughs> I've been asked that question a lot. I don't know uh, way well, you don't top it, right? I mean, that's a once in a thousand lifetimes, and you just appreciate it for what it is. But uh, uh, I've been asked quite a bit, you know, what's a, what's it going to feel like to shoot a 140 now? And I'm pretty sure it's going to feel just as good as it always has. Good. <laughs> that's the answer I want to hear. Yeah, that's the, right. that's
1: the right way to think about it. Yeah, also, actually – Go ahead.
3: It actually kind of fired me up. You know, I've been doing some, some TSI work, some habitat work, and I don't know, just, just ready to go.
2: That's good. Um, I don't know how you feel about his mount, but mm-hmm. if you want to shout out the taxidermist, I'm looking at the pictures that you sent me, and that's a beautiful, some beautiful oh, he gets, work there. Yeah, man. He,
3: he hit it out of the park. Yeah, he. Uh, that's uh, Jason Welker, Welker's taxidermy. He couldn't ask for a better job yeah he's he's gorgeous yeah
2: they did a really good job i mean and do you have to do anything with those antlers as far as the velvet uh Uh, you have to care for them like you would if it was a velvet deer or is it so just different
3: well they they told me a long time ago um a guy told me that if, if that horn is hard under that velvet you shouldn't have to do anything but if it's not then you do and then there's i think there's quite a few methods that you can go about preserving it um basically this this was hard horned underneath uh, you know you you could stick your fingernail in it and it was it was hard, but um, basically, all we did is uh, jason he he i think it's a product called Velvelot maybe um, he used that a time or two on him, and it really really freshened up the smell and made the velvet look newer, fresher uh, that's that's about all we did. damn, that's awesome. that's pretty cool,
2: very cool. yeah. One of the more interesting Tales of the Chase stories I've heard just because it's, I don't know, man. You just, we could do this, our show for another 10 years, and I don't think we're going to see that again. <laughs> no, I you don't know saying. That's yeah. pretty, I'm really unique. And yeah, that, lucky, is uh, why... lucky enough that
3: he wanted to live across the road, I guess. <laughs> exactly.
2: And that's why we hunt, man, because you, oh, for sure. You don't know. You never know nope. what's going to happen, you know, one year from the next. Now, sometimes it's things like this that are, I, awesome and other times it's depressing you know like i mean we've talked about reptile enough on our show you know you you always wonder what happened or you know like with micah last year on uh the buck my shoulder yeah that I you mean, shouldered like sometimes it's not fun other times it's a lot of fun but no matter what it's something that you're you can't expect
1: you know did you yeah. uh did you happen or did the neighbors approach you and be like, yeah, man, I've had pictures of him for however long or did they yeah, stay um, pretty quiet?
3: My uncle actually owns a farm that joins us there. And, um, uh, I know he had pictures of him for the last two years, maybe. And then another, another gentleman I know on the next farm, he he's had pictures of him. So he's, he's worked at, you know, it's a decent sized area there. Hmm. And, and that's what I know of. So, yeah, um, I, I actually assumed that there would be a few more come forward and say, yeah, I had that deer, but I haven't had that happen yet, you know, on camera.
2: Right. I mean, if you think about it, he probably became much harder to kill the last three years because he didn't have the problems with the rut that most bucks have.
3: Right, and, you know, and like I said, I assumed that when that other buck left him, that he maybe he'd take up with some does and get killable, but he did, did just the opposite. You know, he laid down. He didn't get up till dark, and was yeah, laid back down by daylight. His life
2: was about living and not dying. Like that's, that's all. It. He wasn't worried about you know getting, getting uh deer loving. Yeah, some, no. It was it was just I I I'm, I'm gonna eat and I'm not gonna die. So right. you know, a lot of those bucks that you hope to get a little stupid during the rut that didn't happen with him cuz he didn't rut those last no. couple of years
3: no that's exactly right and and uh, like i said it turned out to be making him harder to kill but i i was i was hoping it was going to do just the opposite but it didn't
2: <laughs> yeah Well, at least the job got done one way or the other yeah so, that's right. uh how far uh, i was curious how far, about how far was your shot that you took on him
3: oh uh, i don't know it was maybe 120 30 yards through the timber okay yeah.
2: I mean yeah, that's still a yeah. difficult shot in the timber. But yeah. yeah. It's it's close enough that you, yeah, yeah, you're like, Oh, that. I can make this shot all day, but far yeah. enough that you're like, please don't mess this up. Yeah, <laughs> you know
3: <laughs> It all happened so fast I I didn't really do any thinking about missing. <laughs> yeah,
2: exactly. Well, Brian, congratulations, man. I mean I've I've known about this for a few months and uh we've kind of been in contact here and there and I was going through some stuff you know last week or whenever I talked to you and I'm just like I've got to we've got to talk to this guy you know it's it's been on my <laughs> mind and uh glad I did cuz this is probably one of my favorite ones I've done honestly um, awesome good just, deal just because the size the velvet the whole story yeah yeah the you know the about, history yeah. with him the history the unknown we'll never know why the hell that happened to him ever no. you know but no it it's it's kind of part of the story you know now we'll it's just you'll never really know he just didn't have any balls i mean is right. what it is <laughs> <laughs> or they they were yeah. there and then they disappeared right so yeah. um do you have anybody you want to do any shout outs or anything before uh we uh, hit the the stop button here
3: no i mean other than my my uh friends and family it's all real supportive and i never really kept this deer tight i mean i didn't send pictures out but all the friends and family, they all knew I was after him. And the support I got was unbelievable. And like I said, every time I talked to anybody, you know, before we got finished, the, the deer came up, you know? So, uh, yeah, it was it was quite awesome. And we had a hell of a crowd that night. And like I said, we burned pretty hot that night and yeah. celebrated.
2: So. Well, that's pretty awesome. And, you know, like I said, I mean, uh a friend of our show, Lee, actually sent us the picture because what I love about – another thing I like about Brian is uh, – He don't give two shits about social media, and uh, I wish we I wish we could. (laughs) Yeah, I wish we could not Uh, give two shits. (laughs) And it's just kind of you know, uh, not to you know say anything bad, but I I say this as a uh, term of endearment. You know, Brian just strikes me as a good old boy who likes to hunt, and that's that's who we are. So
1: we like talking to those guys when those awesome stories happen to them. Yeah. Yeah, we Thank really you appreciate care. you coming on the show and uh,
2: yeah, I giving it. us the story. Yeah, thanks
3: for having me. Yeah. All
1: right,
2: Brian. Well, we appreciate your time, man. Talk to you later.
3: All right, guys. Take care.
2: See you.